ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Hello everyone and happy Mardi Gras. This is Tina and Jeff with Floors Truly. I hope everyone had a fabulous day today and remember everywhere else it's just a Tuesday. Hey Jeff, how are you? Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. How you doing? I am doing fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. It was a great day. Could have been a little sunnier, but other than that, I, I think it, it was it was a good time for all. I, I tell you what, though. The, the parades were, uh, you know, both uptown and in Metairie today, uh, all over the place. It was great weather. Uh, it was, it was, you know, no rain, no real cold weather. The crowds were just tremendous. Um, no, no problems anywhere all over the city. Like it was just one of those really cool Mardi Gras days that, um, we don't quite get every year perfectly right, but uh, this year I think we did. I totally agree. I'm not a parent, but I enjoy seeing the kids out there on the on the parade route, playing, having a good time, cutting up, just you know, just being kids. And the parents get to kick back because it's such a family friendly environment in Metairie, and and it's just it's so fun. And I love that part about it. I'm a people watcher. <laughs> I've gotten oh, yeah. to the point in my life now I'm a people watcher, so I like to sit back and watch and have everybody enjoy themselves and have a good time and it was fun and like you said we we could have had a lot worse weather which we didn't yeah. we were fortunate and uh it, it was it was a good time and, and i'm sad it's over i did get one last king cake from mckenzie's so i will savor that because uh it is taboo to have another king cake until carnival season starts you've, next year you've got the, you've got the old traditional classic i have the That's original the yes it is and 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 it is my friends that live a lot of my friends that have moved out of louisiana it is their favorite king cake so they're all excited because they're like, oh, well, I, I want to get a piece. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll send you one next year. <laughs> it's a good one. I have, I have, I had my last piece of king cake about 30 to 45 minutes ago. Sadly, uh, it was one that I had not had before. It does uh, come from a bakery that has one of the traditional names in it. Uh, however, I hadn't had this particular one, and sadly, my last piece of king cake for this year was not not one of the better ones I've had, unfortunately. Oh, so. Well, for those of y'all listening and do not realize what we're talking about, king cake, a uh, traditional king cake is the cinnamon roll style with icing and sugar. Um, now, a lot of the the, the larger bakeries like Haydell's and Randazzo's, that's how they make it. 
years ago, McKenzie's when it was still in business, they made it just, it was like a, a light flaky bread uh, kind of crust with just some sprinkled sugar on top of it. So a lot of us who grew up in New Orleans are more accustomed to that type. Whereas the, the larger bakeries use the, um, the, the sugar, you know, powdered sugar. Now, I don't know which one you're talking about that you had. <laughs> well, the one, one, that, one that I had, and again, one of the, one of the big family names was in there. I'm not going to say which one. However, it, they used the, the creamy icing, which I'm okay with. I have had many king cakes from this, uh, this family and I've enjoyed all of them very much, but I, but I found that this one was, uh, even though I liked the icing, but I also like the traditional like sugar style, mm-hmm. uh, but the, it's, it's about the bread. If the bread's dry, forget about it. I, yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. I agree. Yes. It's all about, it's, it's kind of like a good po' boy. You can get, you can have the best shrimp in the world, but if that, that French bread is not right, if it's, you know, a little too soggy or a way too hard, it's just, it, it doesn't work. And that, that's been my biggest issue. Whenever we, uh, we go get a po' boy somewhere, it's, it's either the bread is great and the shrimp is just kind of, eh, and then, you know, or the, the shrimp is great and the bread is just not right. It's just not quite there, you know, but I tell you, I tell you, I did have a really good king cake from, uh, Bromart on Sunday night, Sunday night, we went out to, uh, Metairie to go see the parades out there and um, stopped in at Bromart. We were catching the parades right on Severn. And um, I said, you know, I've heard that these are halfway decent, but I hadn't tried it. And so I got a cream cheese and it was really good, especially because uh, the grocery store king cakes are not usually uh, all that fantastic, but this one was actually pretty good. So just to little tip for you in the future. I'll and definitely also, I have to try that. That's one I have not tried. Half the price of the what we're used to paying for king cakes. So and that's see a, that, and that's a that's a big issue here is that usually if you're purchasing a king cake, you're gonna get it from one of the you know the, the five or six bakeries that are out there that may, are known for making good king cakes. Unfortunately you're the office king cake is usually the one that comes from the grocery store, whether it be mm-hmm. Rouse's or Winn-Dixie or Bromart. And they're not terrible king cakes. So I'm definitely not going to bash those king cakes. They're just not what we're, again, what we're used to. And, you know, we're, we're known here for kind of being a little bit of food snobs and we get used to things. So you, you know, you get used to what you like and then you get something that's just kind of like, okay. And then it's a, you know, it's, it's like, oh, well, I feel obligated to eat it because they bought it for us. And then if you get the baby, you go, you want to go and bring the good king cake and then you start rethinking that well okay we've had four at the office now and they've all been from the grocery store but i'm gonna go spend you know thirty dollars on the office king cake or like you said they're half the price at the grocery store right right but you see you're being far too nice to the grocery store king cakes in your commentary i just had to point that out (laughs) yes well here's here's the thing in a desperate times (laughs) call for desperate measures and at some point when you just really want one and you can't get your hands on a good one I'm the type of person that is like my favorite dessert. I am not a chocolate girl. I am a king cake and wedding cake lover. So uh, about June or July, I'm going to be sitting around just wishing that I could get anything, whether it be a grocery store king cake or a king cake donut, which I've seen those in some of the bakeries too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I may even actually attempt to try to make something 
a little bit similar at some point because I've always wanted to and I, I see people post pictures on social media and friends of mine that do homemade king cakes that live out of the area and they're not bad from you know their reviews of it so that's something I've always wanted to do it's not that difficult it's just time consuming and it can it's time consuming but I tell you what there's the mix that you can get from one of the local groceries you can get it on Amazon but it's Is that the mob paws the mob the mob paws yeah, yeah. like that stuff, we've I've, I've used that for a couple of different things and have done a king cake or two with it. And it's very good. I think that if, especially if you're not in the area and you've got a hankering for it, I think you can get the job done with that. So that's a little tip if you wanna try something during the off season. I'm a traditionalist. Fat Tuesday is the last day that I can eat king cake until King's Day. I don't break that rule ever, never have, never will. But if the urge is striking you and you're not a hardcore traditionalist like me, that's just a little tip that might help. My problem is I have a lot of friends that live out of Louisiana. So when they either come in town or they have, you know, we have birthday functions or things like that. That's the, that is the first thing that pops up. Well, not really the first, probably the first is crawfish or, or a good po' boy. And then king cake. Uh, two of my, my close friends, uh, one of them lives in Dallas now, actually, which is not too far away, but she was in Pennsylvania and the other one is in Colorado and she's constantly you know, she can't wait to move back home. She's constantly talking about her McKenzie. She's like, I love my McKenzie King cake. Every time you post a picture and I, and I, and I, and the, the good thing is, is that, um, a lot of people don't know this. John Foles bought their recipe, I think about two or three years ago. So you mm -hmm. can actually purchase a McKenzie's King cake year round. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've shared that information too. So that's been, you know, kind of a, a good thing for them that live out of state. Cause unfortunately, you know, they don't, they're not privy to it. Like us this year, we actually had a really long Mardi Gras season. We had seven yeah. weeks. So um, we're all going to be, you know, fasting tomorrow, Ash Wednesday and dieting hard to burn off seven weeks of king cake and everything else bad that we ate. Uh, but uh, let me ask you a quick question here, since you had said that you do not eat king cake. Have you ever tried to freeze one after uh, Mardi Gras season? Yes, I've, I've frozen them uh, to send to people out of town and stuff. It works depending on the cake. It's gotta have the right, first of all, like a McKenzie's cake with the regular like granulated uh, topping works pretty well for freezing. Cream icings get to be tough because as they thaw, they melt and they get stuck all to the wrappers and everything else. You know, probably a, uh, I would think like a, a, a Dong Fong would probably freeze pretty well. That's if there's any left. I mean, if you've had one of those, <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, that's, that's a, I see what the demand was after this year, after finally getting my hands on one. That's a, that's a really good king cake. It's very different, but man, is it good. It, it's, it's, but it, it, it will crave your sweet tooth in a second. Yeah, it's good. I had, I was, I was fortunate to have some of one uh, this weekend. And while I, I don't say it's my favorite cake, I, I think that, you know, that one's got that, sweet brioche bread and it's got uh, it's not overly sweet on the the icing it's not overpowering and so i like their cake i find it really uh delicious but i there's just to me you know how this is there's just a few better options but with that being said i think most of the cakes you can freeze pretty well except for the ones 
that have the really heavy icing all over the cake. That's the one that I find the toughest to freeze. Well, that'll be a good tip for some people out there who've never tried one or, or got their hands on one and don't know what to do with it. Um, there's some uh, recipes that you can make also like uh, king cake bread pudding. Um, I haven't tried that yet, but I know people that have, and it's mm -hmm. extremely good, mm -hmm. um, you know, from the reviews. So as we know, this is the end of Mardi Gras season for 2020. It was seven wonderful weeks. And next year, Mardi Gras starts on the 5th of January and It'll be a six-week season because Mardi Gras will be on February 16th yep. of next year. So uh, we have a, a, a low ways to go and for next year as well. And then hopefully we'll be talking about some new and exciting places <laughs> for some king cakes that we haven't tried. Or maybe uh, maybe we'll make that bread pudding. <laughs> and, yeah, and we, might, we might find some surprises in store uh, next season, I think. Because I, I know that Mardi Gras has become a topic that is picking up steam. I just saw in the news yesterday that St. Louis did their uh, Mardi Gras deal this week. And that looked interesting, to say the least. Um, but I find that it's getting more popular and people want to be able to experience it. That may not be able to just hop on a plane and come down here and get a hotel room at X amount of dollars a night. And so I think that um, maybe we can try to work that in a little bit better. So those of you listening who are interested in the Mardi Gras stuff, in January, we're going to probably hit that pretty hard. <laughs> yes. And um, for those of you also that don't know, tonight at midnight is officially the end of carnival season when uh, New Orleans police and state police and the mayor march through Bourbon Street and clear the street. And that's their official declaration that Mardi Gras is over with. And then we, we start Lent tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, and for us here in, in New Orleans and the surrounding areas, that's, that's a big time because it basically coincides with crawfish season and all the things that go with that. And I know Jeff, you, uh, you said that you're kind of a very uh, connoisseur of boiling crawfish i am not an expert on that but i am an expert on where to get some if you want to get them boiled already and eat them so if you want to kind of go into you know what your thoughts are as far as a good crawfish bowl what it entails what you need i'd love to hear that i'm sure a lot of people out there that are listening would, would love to know as well i am absolutely happy to do that and just for anybody who doesn't understand the background mardi gras goes right into lent and new orleans is and always has been a very Catholic town. The French influence, the Spanish influence, all Catholic colonists basically that were here in Louisiana. And so that is all of where this springs from is the carnival preparing for the Lenten season. Once you go into Lent, it is 40 days of, of penance basically and preparation for Easter. So that's just a little background on it. And I'm sure uh, those of us here are so used to it, but in other places I noticed, you know, I've, I've lived in a couple other cities and they don't quite understand the concept. Uh, so we have some pretty safe, simple rules. Ash Wednesday is a day of fasting. You uh, can do something small for breakfast. It's one meal, uh, no meat at all. The traditional Catholics, the older Catholics, they don't eat meat through the entire season. However, most of us just don't eat meat on Fridays or on Ash Wednesday. So with that being said, it is the time to start boiling crawfish. 
And what I did this past weekend, I boiled on Saturday. I went out to the uh, West Wego Seafood Market. I got some medium crawfish, uh, got them about a buck eighty a pound, which is really That's cheap for this time of year. Extremely good for right now. Really exactly. good. Yeah, it was really good. And I came back, and there are two important tips I can give you. The first one is you need to use citrus. Lemon juice is very important in your boil water and you don't want to over salt. So you want to have, like for me, if I'm going to boil a sack of crawfish and in layman's terms, that's roughly 30 pounds, let's say 30 pounds of crawfish. I want to put about a half of a normal size store bought thing of salt into that pot. And then I want to make sure I've got some citrus anywhere between eight to a dozen lemons cut in half, squeeze, make sure you put the rinds aside because they've got to go in the water as well. But we have a seafood restaurant, a fantastic seafood restaurant that's out in Harahan called Scythers. And Scythers makes their own crawfish boil seasoning that's called Amplified. And I've used a lot of the seasoning. Zatarain makes, makes great products. Uh, Louisiana makes great products. Paul Prudhomme makes a great product. Uh, but this stuff is like over the top. And I actually mix it with some Pro Boil. A couple other things, I can't give all my secrets away. But if you're <laughs> looking to do it, that is an excellent starting point. And of course, you have to have your potatoes, corn, sausage. What else do you like in your crawfish bowl? Let me ask you, I, I do not do this, nor does anyone that I go to bowls do, but I have friends that have done this. Do you put pineapple or do you not put pineapple yes. in? You do, I, okay. Not every time, but pineapple in the boil, if they're done right, and a lot of people sadly think they know how to boil crawfish and they just don't, but we don't want to hurt their feelings. And, uh, but if you if you put that pineapple in, you get that soak right, you put it in right at the right time. When you pull that out, if you have any left over, then you did something wrong. But I never have any left. I'll have everything else. I'll have potatoes, I'll have corn, I'll have, you know, whatever else that we've scattered in there. But I will never have a piece of pineapple left. It's amazing. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I, I just, it's something I've seen that's kind of popped up in the last two years uh, with people doing boils and they do the pineapple. And I'm like, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because it used to just be the sausage, mushrooms, potatoes, and corn, which that's what I like. I like, I like the corn and potatoes. Those are my favorite. Um, Harbor Seafood or Fisherman's Cove, whichever one you prefer in Kenner, they actually roll their potatoes after they boil in a spicy seasoning. It's, I think it's their own blend. It could be a little bit of Tony's and something else, but those are my favorite potatoes. I mean, I, there were times I used to, when I was younger, go over there and get, a, you know, just a couple pounds of crawfish and, and a bunch of potatoes. Cause I just loved them so much. Um, they're extremely salty and not good for you now, <laughs> but you they don't are, think that's a cheat. It is, it, 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 it is, but it's, it's so good. It's, it's kind of like you said, it's like that extra sweet piece of king cake. You know, you don't want to eat the last piece of it, but it is a cheat, but it's delicious. And I'm living here my whole life. I am all about good food. And during Lent season, especially because it, you know, we, that is like our prime crawfish season. So many places and so many restaurants do specials with their, their crawfish bowls. A lot of them will have them at $1.99, $2.99 a pound. 
you, you go there and you eat and you're there about an hour or two. It's not the same though. It's not that same vibe. You, you know, you go to somebody's house and they boil crawfish and you're there for a couple of hours and you can, you know, you can eat and then go, you know, relax for a little bit and go back and eat again. And so you literally can't anymore. Um, and then, you know, of course, if you haven't beer with it or, you know, soft drinks or whatever, then that just makes, that just makes it even worse, but it is a cheat but it's still good. And, <laughs> and I've, and I've been a friend's house over the years, you know, growing up and had crawfish bowls. My mom's old neighbor that used to live down the street from about twice a year, we boiled crawfish and he did the same thing. Like he'd boil them and then he put a little bit of seasoning on them afterwards and they were absolutely delicious. And no, you're not supposed to do that, but he still did it. And we still ate them. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, there's always, you know, the add-ons have gotten more and more and you said that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that, I take a cheat on is artichoke hearts. If you use artich fresh artichoke, you've really got to cook it down so much. It gets to be difficult. To, you know, if it doesn't, it's stringy. It's not very pleasant to eat. But if you get a can of artichoke hearts, you know, already in the, in the juice and puncture some holes in that thing and drain all of that juice out, when you go to put your your sausage and mushrooms and stuff at the end of your bowl, you put that can in there and let it soak up that juice, you will have the most amazing artichoke hearts. And this weekend I did something new that I had never tried before, and that was okra, some whole okra, fresh, uh, put it in right at the same time that I put the crawfish in, came out amazing. And they didn't so fall apart. They, they weren't. It doesn't fall apart. You have to use whole okra because if you use the, the cut okra, it's just going to end up, you know, kind of oily. You don't want to do that. But yeah, it came I, out fantastic. I love, a, I love good fried okra. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can, and I'm telling you, if you like good fried okra, and if you like okra, especially if it's got a good seasoning to it, this is something you're probably going to want to try. I'm going to have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you over for one of these crawfish bowls soon, so you can definitely, try it definitely. Definitely, <laughs> uh, my husband and I both love crawfish, um, and we keep saying we're gonna do a bowl one day at the house, and we just never do. Like I said, we always seem to wind up going to restaurants, and I guess it's mostly just because of the mess and having to to clean it up afterwards. And like you said, it's a process. A good crawfish bowl. I mean, you're up early in the morning. You know, you're you're getting all your seasoning together. It's a process, and you just get to the point like you, you know, like I said, you just want to go to a restaurant, pay a couple dollars a pound, sit down, you know, eat and, and then roll out and you don't have to worry about any of the mess afterwards. But it, it's not the same too, as also as if you want to use the crawfish, left, the tails left over for something the next day. Right. Um, I make right. a, 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 make a really good crawfish fettuccine. Um, also one of my favorite dishes, which I actually make this quite a lot with when I'm just cooking or especially like if we have parties to go to or I'm making something for like, you know, my husband's work or, you know, a friend does a potluck, it's Cajun cheesy potatoes, which is just basically the little red new potatoes. Mm -hmm. And you boil those in the crawfish bowl, use the liquid and you let them cool, you cut them up and then you bake them in the oven topped with uh, sharp cheddar cheese. And it's absolutely delicious. That's really And good. it's <laughs> super easy. And you get that fix, I guess, for you know, that, that crawfish bowl, you know, or crab bowl smell, you get that, you know, you get fixated on wanting to have that. And it's really good. And I, my sister-in-law is the one who actually taught me how to make it a couple of years ago. And I've made it several times, super easy. Every time I post it online, when I'm making it, people are like, how do you, how do you do that? It's, but it's so easy. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. If you, if you're going to a potluck, it's the way to go. Um, if you've got leftover crawfish, you can make 
a fettuccine. You can, I mean, you can make uh, star crawfish pies. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. That's the advantage of having a crawfish ball at your house because yeah. you're going to have leftover. Usually, it really leftover. is. It really is. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, back in August last year, I went out to California for a couple of weeks to go uh, spend some time with a buddy of mine. And I did a crawfish boil in Napa, California last year. And the crawfish were a little bit different. We found a place that was able to get them there, Pacific Coast crawfish. They're just a little bit different. They have a bigger, slightly different kind of claw. It's not as spiky, you understand, like pointy as a yes. regular crawfish uh, claw would be. And then the tails have almost a little bit more of a triangular shape than the usual, you know, straight round. So there were a couple interesting differences there, but I brought up my seasonings from here. I ordered some stuff on Amazon, got everything prepped, and we threw a legit crawfish boil in Napa in August. And I thought that was interesting. So I, people shouldn't think that you have to be in New Orleans. That's We talked about that bread with the humidity. Like, you know, there is something about the bread here that you can only duplicate in places like Vietnam and Italy. You've got to have almost that same geographical uh, setting that we have here to get the bread the way we're used to it for a po' boy. It's not like that with crawfish. Crawfish you can get. Find them, we'll help you figure out how to cook them. I promise you that. And how did they enjoy that? Oh, they absolutely flipped over it. Uh, we did, I think we did 60 pounds. We had a party of about 20, 20 to 25 people. I had zero leftovers. I had nothing left. And so down here we say five pounds a person is about what you want to average. For people that aren't used to eating crawfish regularly, it would take a week to eat five pounds of crawfish because you've got to peel it. But I mean, there wasn't a person that didn't just absolutely rave about it. They're like, when are you moving to Napa and opening up the opening up the crawfish place? I'm like, ah. I like to hear that. I like to I like to hear when we're able to spread our culture to other places because they're not familiar with it. I had a friend of mine who lived in Las Vegas for a while. She was from here and she went up there after Katrina and there was a seafood restaurant up there and they could get crawfish, but they were like $10 a pound. Yeah. And I mean, they, people paid it because they wanted it. But when I was, when I was in Atlanta, we had, there's a place in Atlanta that was operated by a family from New Orleans East that had relocated to Atlanta after Katrina and they were doing legit crawfish boils and I would go over there you know and it was expensive it was probably five fifty six dollars a pound which isn't bad to get the real stuff but you would go there on a Friday afternoon during Lent and it would be like a reunion of lost New Orleans people who are in Atlanta for whatever reason. This is in the years after Katrina. And I would see so many people I knew that I didn't even realize were living in Atlanta at the time. So it's out there and there are people who do it a good job. If you live in Texas, I'm sorry, you're not going to find the real deal. I think anywhere in that state because uh, they just, 
I can't even talk about what they do because it's such a travesty, but they just sprinkle the seasoning on the crawfish and tell you to lick your fingers. I can't deal with it. I saw that go viral on social media. <laughs> I, I, I had no words. <laughs> I was literally speechless probably for the first time after seeing something on social media because I didn't understand it. I was like, what is this? What did they do? They just boiled it and then sp- that, that is not, no, <laughs> no that is no. not my crawfish. But I will tell you, I had a friend of mine that lives in Colorado. She told me there's a restaurant up there called the Lost Cajun. And mm-hmm. apparently the owner has franchised the restaurants all over the country. He's from Louisiana and he's able to bring good seafood and gumbo to his restaurants throughout the country. And that was, that was pretty cool to hear because she had gotten a king cake. They were able to get king cakes from here shipped to the restaurant and then pick hers up. And I was talking to her about it and she said, yeah, she's like, it's real Louisiana Cajun style fried catfish. It's delicious. She's like, it's one of their favorite places to go. And so that, 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 that excites me too, because, you know, as you travel in different places, like we love to go to Nashville and, um, you know, anybody out there listening, you can go travel, you're used to what you're eating at home and then you go somewhere else and it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's good, but it's not where it's not home. It's not where you're used to. So, um, her being from there and being up there for a couple of years, she said, you know, she was excited to find this place. And apparently he's, like I said, he's from Louisiana. He's franchised his restaurants and, um, you know, his, his food is actually pretty, pretty good close to our cuisine here. So I, I like hearing those stories. I like hearing I, about when, when people go other places and like you said, did the crawfish boil and kind of bring a taste of here to other places. Cause you know, we can sit and talk about it all day until you get to experience it yourself. Um, and I, I highly recommend that like next carnival season, if uh, anybody out there listening hasn't gotten a king cake, you know, definitely hit us up on Twitter. We can give you some of the places to order from and definitely try one. It's something, it's something here that you, you just have to have uh, in addition to a lot of the uh, other good foods that we have, <laughs> but yeah, yes, exactly. definitely during the carnival season, you've got to get a king cake. Um, as far as crawfish, that's a little trickier. Um, po'boys, shrimp, I, you know, just depending on, you know, where you're getting in the types that you are, it's all about the bread. Um, and I, me personally, I have, you know, my, my favorite places that I like to go and get a good po'boy, but I've also gotten into the art of making them myself at home because I can get the French bread at the store. And, you know, if I just like on a, on a Sunday afternoon, I don't really feel like going out. I'll go pick up some shrimp and, you know, get the batter and, and do the Louisiana fry myself here at the house. Well, I'd say, you know, and on a quick side note, that lost Cajun thing is very interesting. I did not realize what the story behind that was, but I just saw that one opened in Slidell. Yes. I think, and, it's, the, I think uh, it's the only one in Louisiana. Well, I am going oh, to Slidell tomorrow. Oh. So I think I'm going to uh, have lunch over there and check it out. What made me think about it is when you brought up Texas, because I know there's quite a few over in Texas. So that's what made me think about it, because I said that I feel like you feel they they do not know, (laughs) especially after seeing that video. They don't do it justice. But you're talking about po' boys, and I have to ask you a very personal question to you. (laughs) What what bread are you buying? Oh, Leidenheimer's, Raisings. Um, I like the little pistolets. A lot of times I do that with just like Chasacy's ham mm-hmm. because it just like, in fact, I actually bought some yesterday to take on the parade route today and I didn't. So that's going to be my lunch. Those little pistolets. I mean, those, oh, are my, yeah. those are my favorite, 
but um, I like Leidenheimer's bread. Um, that's the type of bread that I personally like, that lighter, flaky type bread. Sometimes we buy it and we just toast it with butter when we're cooking steaks you oh, know, yeah. that's... for dinner because it's just, it's so good. And that's what I like when I go to a restaurant and get a shrimp whole boy. Unfortunately, yeah. like I said, sometimes we go and, and it'll, it'll be that harder type French bread or uh, heaven forbid the grocery store French bread. Yeah. Well, you see, that's what, that's where I was trying to get to. I was trying to make sure that you weren't disappointing me personally and going out and buying just regular store French bread for po' boys. There's a place for it. I will make, uh, you know, I'll make spaghetti and meatballs on a Wednesday night, and I will get some store French bread and make some killer garlic bread with it. But for a po' boy, personally, I got to be a Leidenheimer's. You know, I used to really like Bender. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple other ones that are out there, but that Leidenheimer bread is just something you can't, you can't beat. And so you get your seafood together. Where is your, where is your go-to po' boy spot? We talked about it in terms of the roast beef before, but why, where is your seafood po' boy and what do you get? I like oyster po' boy. If I'm going to go somewhere and they're in season, I want an oyster po' boy. I want a good oyster po' boy. Um, we were just at Kenner Seafood last week um, and they were good. They were really good. This yeah. isn't, I think this isn't the ideal time for them. And a lot of places don't have them, unfortunately, either. Um, they're not carrying them right now. And if they are, they're a little bit pricier. Um, my second favorite is the shrimp po' boy. I tend to eat those more because I can get my hands on them more. Plus I also can make it at home. Yeah. Um, so to me, usually, especially during Lent, we either do fish or we do shrimp. Um, and a lot of times I'll just fry fish at the house. Um, cause that's yeah. something I'm extremely particular with, with fried fish. It's gotta be, you know, flaky and not super thin, but I don't like that chunky type catfish no, I don't that either. you get a lot of restaurants. Um, it, you lose a lot of the flavor and it just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like a nugget, but it's just so thick. And then the batter, if the batter tends to be a little bit too heavy. Um, so yeah, if I had to put it in an order, it's oyster, shrimp, then catfish. Then catfish. Um, but I, but I mean, I like, I like, I like a good ham and cheese, but boy. <laughs> I'm not, oh yeah. Yeah. But this time of year, it gets harder to do that. You got to kind of, you got to kind of go the seafood route now. So where's your favorite, where's your favorite place to get, um, like a seafood platter, uh, seafood platters, you know, or po' boy. That is a that is a loaded question, <laughs> but but I'll give you a couple of things on the po' boy. There is, um, I'm very simple. A good fried shrimp. I like to go right over to Danny and Claude's. Comes out great, and it's inexpensive, and they load it down with a ton of shrimp. And I enjoy it. And but for those of you that don't know, Danny and Clyde's is a gas station. <laughs> and they have been making po' boys for years. And they get it right. And it's cheap. <laughs> it is very inexpensive. In fact, you can get, a, I think it's a six inch loaded down with shrimp. And I think it's five bucks. So you talk about a deal. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about. We are one of the few places probably in the country. I'm going to just go out there and put it, put it out there. <laughs> I think we're one of the few places in the country that you can go to a gas station and get good food. Get we some have, seriously good food. We have Brother Fried Chicken who gives Popeyes a run for its money. 
And let me tell you, it's interesting you brought up Popeyes because I'm, I'm brothers. Because the other day, we got some chicken to bring out to the parade route from brothers, and I happened to get a couple pieces of the fried catfish. Tina, try it. Really? Oh, Lord. It is amazing. It is fried with this beautiful light batter that's got some really nice seasoning to it. It's thin, but not too thin. It doesn't have that uh, stale water taste, if you understand that, what I'm talking about with catfish occasionally. It was really light, flaky, delicious. So try it, because I want to know what your thoughts are on that, too. And now I'm hungry for dinner. <laughs> See, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's always so difficult. See, and I'm, I'm learning stuff here. So I, I, our listeners, I hope that they're, they're taking all of this in and, um, you know, we'll hit us up with some suggestions or even questions and some of the good places to go, because that is not something I've ever tried at Brothers. I've only had the chicken and it is, it is absolutely delicious. It's inexpensive. Um, Danny and Claude, you can get a good po' boy. Um, you know, unfortunately, just don't try to go there on Mardi Gras day because <laughs> the line is out the door. I can tell you from experience. Yep. But um, I, I, I think that, you know, with, with, our, with our seafood markets here and a lot of places, I mean, there's so many, there's so many choices and it's really difficult to, to pin down like your favorite and where you want to go. So I hope that in the next week or so, as people are listening to this, can hit us up on Twitter and tell us, you know, some of their favorite places to go. We can go check it out and give you our opinion because we love to hear from y'all. We would love to know uh, what, you know, your favorite little hole in a wall places and, you know, what are some of the little tips that you like to cook them at home? home. Um, like I said, I'm not a boiler. I'll be the first one to admit that, but I tell you what, I know enough people do. And, you know, they're always looking for new recipes. I know, Jeff, you said, you know, there's a few things that you were going to try. So yeah. uh, I, I, you know, definitely hit us up. Uh, thanks for joining us again. This is uh, Tina and Jeff with Floors Truly. You can hit us up. I am at the NOLA girl on Twitter. And Jeff, your Twitter handle is? My Twitter handle is Momus the. Momus the T H E. Long story. Don't even ask. <laughs> Momus the. And I tell you what, guys, if you want tips for boiling, hit me up. I got no problem helping you out. And if you've got a place that you want us to go check out, I am more than happy to come back and report uh, some of the suggestions you, you, you throw at us. So if you've got something you want to try, I am happy to be the guinea pig and go out and uh, let you know my thoughts on it. Well, thank y'all again for joining us. I hope you had a wonderful Mardi Gras. I hope you have a wonderful evening and we will see you next week on Floors Truly.
switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea.